welcome to another episode of uh, Ophelia on Fire. And uh, today's guest, I have the honor to uh, have here with me uh, Marie Dumont, which I also had the pleasure to meet a couple of years ago in a, a marketing meetup in Berlin. And uh, also, and I had also the privilege to have her as a mentor during COVID. A little bit about Marie and about our today's topic is she's coming uh, from a marketing background. She's a marketing executive with over 15 years of experience and growing brands, including um, DAG and Howard Nivea, Svartskov, Omeo, and currently she's uh, at Share, which is a social impact brand. Originally from Benin and West Africa, Marie has studied and lived in many cities uh, before establishing her base in Berlin. And uh, now she lives with her husband and her three children. Marie, thank you so much for being here today with us. And uh, could you take us a bit of a short intro about yourself and uh, about today's topic, which is basically uh, your career journey into marketing. Sure, I'd love that. Good morning, Linda. Very happy to be here today. And thanks for having me on the podcast. As you said, you and I know each other since a couple of years, so really it feels like having a morning coffee with an old-time friend, and this is a really lovely way to, to start the day. Um, so about myself, I started working in marketing about 15 years ago, um, and since I've had the pleasure to really work on some extraordinary brands that um, some people call today love brands because they've really been successful at establishing themselves on the market and building this uh, relationship to the consumer, um, which is basically the, the best for their ongoing success. So it's been, a, it's been an incredible journey. It's also been great to do it across different industries and to really gain um, lots, of, lots of perspectives. And it's also been wonderful to land the last job that I've had um, a chair with a bit more of a focus on social impact. So maybe that's also something that we can quickly tap into today um, if you think it can be of interest for, for your auditors. Absolutely, absolutely. I think a social impact is something uh, very interesting, especially nowadays and especially how the markets are growing. Uh, but like from your perspective, uh, what inspired you to pursue a career in marketing? And how did you navigate uh, your, your path into this field? So I studied business administration. I have a master's um, in that field. And I was very lucky during my study time to be able to take different internships and also to explore different métiers, so to say. So I work, for example, in business development in Thailand. I also work in HR in the United Nations. And then my final internship was at Tag Heuer, which is a watch manufacturing company based in Switzerland, and in that position I was basically responsible for creating an entirely new line of male accessories. And it was wonderful in the sense that Tag Heuer is of course a very long established brand with a very strong DNA. So I guess it was my first really work in the marketing, really understanding where is the brand coming from and how far can you stretch it? How can you build on the brand DNA and kind of create new narratives, new products to keep engaging, you know, with your custom, with your with your target audience, which itself can be evolving. Um, and it also had um, a part. It was a very quick process. We basically launched everything within one year from the idea about the assortment, finding the suppliers in Italy, and then launching into duty-free um, stores. 
And so that gave me really this broad understanding of what is marketing, how do you define the product, how do you set prices, how do you find the right distribution strategy, and everything that went with it. And I think um, it just didn't let me go since it was from one great brand to the next. And I think what has kept me there is really this ability, as I said, to work with you know fascinating products, fascinating brands, and try and make them as big as they have the potential to be. Exciting. Like I can actually relate to that. It kind of it's like a, a spiral that get, that basically drags you with you, and like also it's like giving you this sense of uh, excited. Like I, I would say. Um, also like this adrenaline with the marketing it's uh, so many things going on so many processes and then always something is happening there's never boring there is never boring I would say that, that's true it's very diverse and um, there's probably you find other very diverse activities that you can do in sales for example I mean I said that at Tago Year my role was really much marketing and sales and then it was the same in my let's say first full-time position when I joined Biostaff as a marketing and sales trainee. And so again, I was able to really get a good sense of the company and see how marketing and sales work together. And I think in many ways they're very similar because at the end of the day, it's about creating customers, right? And then supporting the business. But then what I also believe is that you need to focus on, on your strength and clearly being able to see both the marketing positions and the sales positions at Biostaff. I also realized for myself that I had much more, let's say, talent for concept writing, for storytelling, for developing um, communications that were based on consumer insights, etc., etc., then I was successful, you know, working in key account management, category management, or even spent some time in outstanding. I can promise it's also not boring. It's a lot of challenges, but it's, it's just a different um, kind of skill set that you have. So again, I think whichever path you choose, it's really about also understanding what am I good at? What do I yeah. feel I can best contribute to? And then when you go down that path, I think this is where you can actually be the best. Yeah, that is very interesting that you just mentioned. And it basically brings me to my next question. Because knowing you, for the little that I know you, you are a highly energetic person. You have like this attitude which is very magnetic. And when I see you and also tell you that you have this charisma when it brings, you combine um, compatibility with this warmth. Uh, but what would you say some of your personal values or personal characteristics that makes you not only excited about what you're doing, but also moves you forward and develops you as a person? Which of your personal values do you uh, integrate in your uh, career as well? First of all, thank you very much for the nice compliment, Linda. <laughs> it really, really warms uh, my heart. Um, you're hitting, I think, a very important point when you talk about values, because I really much believe that it's worth spending the time really getting to understand who we are and what we want. And this is precisely where the topic of values sit. And so in my life, my values have really much acted upon as, as a compass uh, when it comes to decision-making, when it comes to deciding, for example, you know, with whom do you want to spend your time and where do you put your energy, right? <clears throat> because you said I'm a very energetic person and I think it can only work if you funnel your energy in the right place. So I've came to, I mean, there's many exercises that you can do when you want to define your, your values. Um, I've kind of boiled my top values, I would say, to, to three. <clears throat> 
sorry. The first one would be autonomy. So I'm someone who is very, uh, who likes to be free, right? So free to bring my ideas to the table, to discuss freely, to have, um, to have own opinions, to be independent in my way of acting. Of course, when you are an employee in a company, it has to be within the framework of the company. But I think autonomy and independence in the thing that I do are really um, my value number one. The second one I would say is curiosity and uh, this, this appetite, so to say, for intellectual stimulation. I guess that's something that I've always had in me, you know, as a young child, I was always asking why, why, why. My mom used to call me Miss Why because I, I just wouldn't let go about this question until I really went to the bottom of things. And, um, and from one question leading to the next, I'm always having or nurturing this very curious brain of mine. Um, and it's still the case today. I feel best when I've learned something today, whether it's in an interaction, in a conversation, solving a difficult challenge at work. But yeah, curiosity and intellectual stimulation is, um, is high on the agenda. And then the last one is probably joy of life, right? So we only live once, yeah? Um, I think it's a, um, someone calls it Jane May. I forgot. Anyway, she said, you know, we only live once, but if we do it well, once is enough. And for me, living well is definitely having fun, right? So it's, it's paramount to engage in activities that make you feel good, that give you energy. Uh, and that's for me very true, whether it's at the workplace, right? Being surrounded by great colleagues and engaging in projects that really make my heart beat. Whether it's being at home with my three kids and playing pools on, on, on the sofa. Yes, uh, I really love what you said about like uh, all this, uh, the, the energy for life and the curiosity, like uh, the intellectual stimulation. I, I feel like I also have like that sometimes, but there are times where, like, I, and I feel not only for me, but the people that I know, what, uh, when we go through some sort of hardships and some sort of challenges, people do tend to, look, to lose their uh, morale and also their motivation and I have um, I would consider myself as well as a highly energetic person, but I also found myself like losing like this kind of uh, um, hope sometimes, and uh, and I've talking to other people as well, just chatting like how do we bring ourselves up again? How do we start like looking the bright side when things are not going so well? Like uh, like how have you? Uh, face and uh, overcome these things in your life and in your career journey? Um, so I, I fully hear what you say and I think the topic of hardship um, unfortunately eats us all in life, different intensities, different uh, ways. At the end of the day we can't choose, right, what fate kind of falls upon us in, in many cases, um, but what we can definitely choose is the mindset that we decide to embrace for, for ourselves um, to, to kind of overcome these hardships. And it's obviously much more easily said than done. No questions asked, I think. And in my case, and again, it's interesting how I find everything kind of solidifies itself in a way in childhood. Um, and then you can still adjust it mildly when you grow as an adult, but a lot is already there. And so in my case, again, when my mom talks to me about me being a, a child, you know, she would say how often I would fall, right, from my bicycle, from riding and etc. But then I would always get back up. Yes. And I thought I think when, when I say that today, joy of life is one of my, my compass. Um, 
I almost believe in making it a discipline, right, to kind of get back to the thing that you believe are very valuable. So give you another example, maybe first about private life and then uh, can try and derive that for, for the professional landscape because this is where your, your, your question um, leads to. But so if I think of, again, my youth, right? So I was not a child, but I was studying, basically was undergraduate studies. Um, I studied what we call in France, classe préparatoire. It's a very intensive study. Um, again, I was very much at my place, all about intellectual stimulation, but it's also very, very hard. And I wouldn't be able to count the weekend that I spent just crying, trying mm -hmm. to solve very difficult math problem or being frustrated that I wouldn't be able to go out like most people my age and have fun because I had to prepare for these exams. Mm -hmm. So anyway, two very, hard, uh, two very hard years studying to these top uh, examination entrance to, to French business schools. And I was in a relationship with mm -hmm. someone. And so the first part of the exams was written, and then the second part of the exam, exam was all examinations. Mm -hmm. And so after the first part, after the written exams, mm -hmm. my boyfriend at the time dumps me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous timing, right? Oh my God. And absolutely no warning signs. Oh. So you can imagine that it was for me a very big hit. Yeah. Wow. Um, but what happened back then is I said, wow, I can't let that fate yeah. decide on whether or not I'm going to get to these top schools that I've been preparing so hard for. Yes. So I gave myself a time capsule. I said, it's mm -hmm. fine. I have one day to mourn that relationship. <laughs> I have one day to cry, to eat as many, you know, <laughs> McDonald's menus as I want. I called my best friend in Paris at the time and I said, mm -hmm. hey, some let's go i want new sneakers i want mm. uh, mcdonald's i want to watch a movie and i want to cry on your shoulder all day and he said yes fine i'm here for you babe and so we went and we had a day full of laughter but also full of of tears mm. and then the next day Linda, i was sitting at my desk and i was just fully focused on nailing the next part of the examinations i was just fully focused on saying this is not gonna change the course that i've set for myself and short story, uh, a long story short, I did make it to the top 10% of my class and I did make it to the top three schools of, of university. So again, I think, yes, giving you the, the time to, to process hardship. And of course, we're talking here about a breakup, right? Yeah. <laughs> Someone who is, you know, early 20s. Yeah. Um, this is not the, the most difficult challenge that a person might face, but I think it shows, mm -hmm. you know, how things could have done very differently for me if I had let myself go yeah. the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. And I, and if I yeah. hadn't had this kind of value yeah. or this compass in life to pull me back up and to yeah. say, hey, the priority right now is to, to reach that goal. Yeah. How do we get there? Wow. <laughs> I, I was like astonished with this story. I feel like that was like, first of all, it was like a, a bomb move to say I am just going to choose one day when I'm gonna cry for this person but this person is not gonna determine my future or my my life or what I'm going to achieve it's it's an amazing uh case of a growth mindset I have to say because a, a breakup it's it's kind of it, it is kind of uh, uh making us numb because like all it's all emotional and especially when you don't want that to happen 
it's also similar to um to physical pain as uh, like neuroscience said like uh, when we like uh, the emotional detachment from someone that we love can cause us a lot of anxiety and uh, post-traumatic stress and all that but to have such a strong willpower and to draw the line when you basically like see yourself in the future and be like in five years time this guy I won't remember his name, but I'm going to be somewhere and then <laughs> what I'm going to do then. And that that actually makes me also like, thinking of um, some of my my, my own uh, also cases when I, when I had a layoff and I, was, I didn't know what to do. And I was thinking, how can this economy kind of decide what I do in my life and of... Great. So I think it's very funny in, in that, that you talk about uh, layoffs um, because in it is very similar to an ending loving relationship in the sense that both have to uh, both deal with change. Are you familiar with the concept of the Kabler-Ross curve to, to process change emotionally? Oh, no. And I'm really curious to know more about it. Okay. So basically, it's uh, so Kabler-Ross, she... she um, studied how people dealt with finding out that they're going to die. <laughs> but pretty much it's a concept that has been applied now for for many years to the world of marketing and basically to the world of management, sorry. And it basically explains that when we deal with change, with an abrupt change in our life, it's very normal to go through a grieving process. So whether it's breaking up with someone or whether it's losing, in that case, a job that you loved, it's very normal to experience different stages of emotions Mm -hmm. normally the first one is shock and then you go into sadness into anger etc until you're able to Mm. you hit the bottom of the curve really and then you you turn back up towards acceptance and then you know looking forward to positive things and i think Mm. where this model is very helpful is to uh, you know, put words, first of all, on, on what you feel. Mm-hmm. Also to understand that this is very normal to feel emotional in that sense, but that there's a way up, right? Mm-hmm. So I've also um, I've also recently be, been in a case of, you know, facing a layoff. Um, in the case of share, to be very concrete because of the economic situation that um, we are in. Mm-hmm. And so I actually went through that curve myself, right? Mm-hmm. Being very shocked at the beginning, sad, angry, and so on and so forth. I think the secret to really managing that change for yourself personally and emotionally is, again, to recognize that it's normal to feel these emotions. But then what I would add is to try and time capsule them if you can, right? So if you have an influence on that, say, okay, like I appreciate that I'm there. Mm-hmm. I raise the feeling that I'm that I'm sensing. But hey, I have things in my life that I want to look forward to, that I like to dedicate my time to. And so I'm preparing myself to move on. Yes. So really the secret to get out of the curve, I think, of, of Cobbler Ross is to have something that you can look positively towards. Right. So in my case, yeah. of course, you know, enjoying the fact that I now have time with my family and kids to really connect with them and spend a beautiful summer. Mm-hmm. But it's also that there's so many exciting topics out, out there for marketing at the moment that there's a lot to look forward to. 
Yes, I absolutely like I hear what you're saying and I do understand how it's feeling like to get like a layoff and also this feeling like you mentioned like of shock and of anger and stress. But um, at the end of the day, I mean, you are a person who you know exactly how to gather the skills and experiences. And one thing I was trying to tell to myself when I was through this phase was basically to remind myself that uh, I got laid off, but I didn't lose the skills and the experience and the knowledge I had that stayed with me. And I took that with me to my next uh, career step. And to, to circle back and what you, we, we mentioned before, um, how is also this uh, step now, like in your career, kind of um, defines or maybe influences uh, your next uh, career moves? Like, what are you looking forward from now and on? Because you said about working uh, with company social impact um, and like also being like so many years in marketing, you've seen a lot. Uh, what would you say would you like to do next? And uh, how can you uh, see yourself in the, the let's say, the next uh, five years? I mean, this sounds like a very interview question, but it is kind of the thing like, yes, how do we see ourselves in the next five or ten years? Because time is going to arrive, but how are we going to arrive? <laughs> nah, absolutely, you're right. So, again, you know how I like to work with, you know, mental frameworks and one that I apply systematically when looking at the professional opportunities, um, it's actually called the compass again, and it's um, there are three layers to it, right? So it's why, what, and how. So why is really about finding out what drives me? What do I feel excited about? Um, what topics can I read about for hours? What, where do I see my contribution? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's always very important because we talked about my values before, you know, to, to be in... in to work for topics that I find very encouraging, that I found very future-oriented. So, of course, when we talk about purpose in the sense that I've experienced the purpose at Share, which was really around social impact, mm -hmm. um, I think when, when clear when thing became clear for me is to say that I'm past the stage where I can work for an organization where it's purely about um, transactional mm -hmm. um, relationships. Right, so where there's a buyer, there's a seller, there's a transaction happening, and, and that's it. I think um, it's become clear that there needs to be a third winner at the table, right? And this, in my view, has to be either society or the environment, right? So I would ideally love to join a company for which this topic of you know sustainability and social responsibility or environment responsibility sits very much at the heart because again that taps into what kind of future do I want to see yeah. for myself and, and for my family? Um, so this is definitely going to be a, a main driver. Then moving down the ladder about what, it's again really finding out, and we touched briefly on that at the beginning of the conversation, is finding out this sweet spot. Um, you can also call, call it the Goldilocks zone. So it basically says that you need to find this time that you have opportunity to grow, right? Okay, let's go. Okay. Yeah. And so last but not least, the how. Mm -hmm. So the how to the, the environment, right? So how is the workplace? What culture is being lived in the company? Mm -hmm. What kind of people am I going to be surrounded by? What 
you know, working terms um, are lived in that company, remote work, flexibility, etc., etc. So that's also obviously something that, you know, has to influence my decision, especially as a, as a mother of three. Mm-hmm. Yes, that actually sounds uh, honestly very inspiring to have this, let's say, vision, but also the strength to uh, navigate through the hardship and also, as you mentioned, like not let things defining us in our success. And um, just to, uh, to uh, close this episode, what would be something... I mean, you were like super inspirational today. Like I am taking with me so many things. Like one thing will be to not let the, uh, the the challenges take us down and not to be too emotional about things, but also like looking forward to our bright future and to potential. But what would be something that you would share to people who um, do not find uh, themselves this kind of motivation or this kind of strength to to start new or to to keep going? For me, it really comes down to solving this most important question, which is articulating what you want. Mm-hmm. I think there's very few decisions in life that are, you know, as important as what do I want to do, right? I mean, I believe there's really five things that, you know, you can influence uh, to be happy. Because at the end of the day, this is what we all want, to live a happy life. And so one is the relationship, right? So there's studies that show that when you are with someone um, in a loving relationship, so whether it's married or not married, um, you're happier than than the average or is not. So Mm -hmm. think about, am I with the right person or not? Or how do I find the right person on my side? I think this is one thing. The second thing that we've talked most about today is the topic of work, right? So what is it that I, that I want to do? What brings me joy? Mm-hmm. It's really important to spend time nailing that down. And there's many, I think, great resources out there. A lot, that, uh, a lot of what I've shared today isn't something that I was, I just woke up coach uh, bosses, etc., to really find out, you know, where do I thrive normally when you do something that you like you're also in this zone of flow right where you're also good at what you're doing so really spend time thinking about it and pursuing that because work is going to be a a very big pillar of of your happiness and then the next one is about friends and people that you people that you spend your time with so as you said i'm very energetic because i'm also conscious of who do I spend my time with, right? And I try yes. to spend it more with, um, with, with, with people who do me good, right? Who have this optimistic attitude. Yeah. And then it's about where we live. Again, spend some time understanding where I like. And, uh, and I think with these ones, you're already on a, on a, on a good path. Mm. Yes. Uh, that's so nice to hear coming from you. I think it, it like seeing you because I see you as a role model and uh, seeing people like you uh, going through the hardships and not being defeated by them, but having this positive attitude and not talking about this fake positivity of like think positive and all that, but more of, okay, this happened, fine with it. As you said before, you're going to cry one day, you're going to dedicate one day when you're just going to, let's say, like, take it all out and then keep going. Like, this doesn't stop us. 
Um, Marie, thank you so much uh, for being here today with me. And I know we had like some technical difficulties, but again, I think I think we over you overcome it like with your attitude. Even like we had like to stop and start again uh, for a few times. Uh, I really love your energy, and um, I'm very grateful that I I came across and I met people like you. It gives me so much hope and um, it truly makes my life richer, I would say. Thank you so much for the kind words, Linda. I, I can only say the same and, and return the compliment. I'm very, very proud of the journey that you've been on since we initially met and seeing how now you're doing your own thing with your podcast series, which I also find very inspiring, all the episodes that I've listened um, to, you know, learning this amazing job at, at Presunio. I think you're doing very well for yourself. And if I could contribute in some way to, you know, sparking ideas um, within you, then I'm very glad for that. And please have me back. Yes. So then maybe next time we do it face to face and we solve the technical issues, but all good. It was great to be here. Thanks for, thanks for listening and thanks for your brilliant questions. Thank you so much, Marie. Speak soon.